On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, we interview Mickey Kennedy. He founded e-releases 22 years ago to help small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility through press release marketing. He lives in the Baltimore area and he has so much nuggets of gold for us, so stay tuned. But first, I want to share with you an offer just for you. Go to peppershock.com slash offers. There's a bunch of offers on there, but one in particular is going to bring this podcast to you today. It's called Schedule Once, the super-powered customer scheduling. It's what we use to schedule everything from this podcast to all the interviews that we do to the clients that want to work with us, all the things. And it's uh, you can do monthly billing, you can do annual billing. It really lets prospects or clients schedule meetings with your team. And if you go to peppershock.com, slash offers, you can have a special pricing offer on me for that reason. And it's basically, it's got chat bots where you can use to schedule and you can incorporate it into your website. Uh, there's, you know, different prices and different things that you can do with this and integrations that you can use to help you schedule your life. And speaking of, if you ever want to schedule 15 minutes with me, you can check out the tool and also get 15 minutes of my time by going to peppershock.com slash book dash Ray, R-H-E-A. It looks like Rhea, but it's Ray. So go to peppershock.com slash book dash Ray and schedule 15 minutes with me. See how the tool works. And then you get to talk with me for 15 minutes. Couldn't beat that. And now it's time for our marketing essentials moment. I want you to get marketing insights, ideas, and inspiration to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Go to themarketingexpedition.com. There's all kinds of blog posts and things on this site that you need to use to help you continue to grow and build. For example, one of the blog posts that I want to talk about in this marketing essentials moment is talking to you about how you can grow your business on a shoestring budget, right? There's things that you need to do in order to help you get your start, to continue to build and grow, and those things that you can use either time, talent, and treasure, right? The time that you take to help build your network, the talent that you can lean on and rely, if it's pepper shock or somebody that you need to help you make that happen, and of course, treasure, the money that you need to spend to help you on a shoestring budget, right? A penny saved is a penny earned. Words that were never truer when it comes to your small business or your brand that you're building in your business. So there's things that you can do like barter. You can use things that you have, the talent that you have to trade some of what you do to get exposure for exchanging ways that you can give your value in exchange for values that you can do. The other things that you can do, you can sponsor an event, maybe a nonprofit sponsorship will then get your name out there to those who attend that event or are associated with that nonprofit that interests you. It helps build rapport and expertise. It makes you look good because it's goodwill and of course, better friendships through that goodwill that you're giving all kinds of things that you can use. And there's even more on this blog post on the marketing expedition community website, go to themarketingexpedition.com and get articles like these and many other things that can help you continue in your journey as we go along. All right, let's get to the interview with Mickey and understand how press releases can also help your business. Welcome to Pepper Shock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now here's your host, Ray Allen. 
Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition community. And today we have Mickey Kennedy. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Hey, thanks for having me. So Mickey, tell our audience a little bit more about your background and some of the things that you've done over your career and and just share with us uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am a trained poet. I was pursuing a master's of fine arts 25 years ago in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. Uh, I assumed I would just wait tables the rest of my life, but uh, after doing that for a couple of months, I decided that my body couldn't handle being on my feet for 12 hours out of a day. And I just found it mentally exhausting to uh, work something like waiting tables and then I, I'd go home and I couldn't write. And so I decided that an office job was what would work for me. And so I worked for a telecom startup. And one of the many things that I had to do there was uh, as employee number three was uh, write and get press releases out. So um, I would send the releases out through a fax machine and we had to program the fax machine and hit send. And I saw more and more journalists calling us after we would uh, send them the press release and say, is it possible to email us uh, the press release? Because you have a lot of telecom traffic and statistics. It's easier to work with in an email or Word document. And so that's when the light bulb went off. And I thought that email seemed like the natural evolution of communication as far as getting press releases to people. And uh, I mentioned it to my boss and he thought that was a good business idea. And so I spent about a year contacting journalists and getting them to sign up for my database. And when I launched um, 23 years ago, uh, I had about 10,000 journalists in my database. Uh, over the years, Pure Newswire reached out to me and said, hey, you should also include us in your distribution. And I'm like, well, I'm charging my clients two to $400 and you charge $1,000 to move a release nationally. So, you know, we put our heads together, tried to craft a solution that would work for both of us. Um, our customers could certainly benefit from getting a custom national distribution over the wire. Um, And, you know, I I found out that they had an editorial team that didn't do much overnight, but they had to be there for breaking news. And so we schedule our releases for next business day, which allows them to have their editorial team work on them overnight. And so it wasn't costing them additional labor and things like that. So, um, you know, it's been about 10 years that we've worked with PR Newswire and, you know, it's a really good value to include that as well as any email distribution that uh, would be included in our more premium um, package uh, where we also still do the email send. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a lot of journalists to have in your database over the years. I think that's amazing. And then to keep them current and keep the relationships going and and all of that. So well done. And and now you've written some books about press releases and, and things like that. Share a little bit about those books that you've written. Okay, so probably a little over 10 years ago, I wrote a book about uh, press release writing. And at the time, I felt like that was the most important aspect of a press release is how well written it was. I've since revised that uh, because I've seen a lot of really great, well-written press releases fail. And so I've taken what I've learned over the last decade of seeing strategic press releases that work and put together a very short book uh, on press release strategies that work. And it is interesting, you know, the types of clients that I see that get success again and again, and there are commonalities between them. For example, surveys and studies do extremely well, usually generating between eight and 14 articles, um, actual unique articles written about every time that they do a survey or study in their industry. 
There are some strategies as well. Um, I always say to throw in a couple of really oddball left field questions in your survey doesn't hurt and uh, you can put them towards the end but sometimes those are the things that the media picks up on we had a a client who did a survey of independent auto repair shops and uh they we just had a left field question that said what's the strangest thing a customer's left in their car while being repaired and uh we allowed them to write up to a sentence or two and we got really great little anecdotes none of it statistically relevant because each one's unique but the media didn't care they just published lots of articles about the weirdest things left in a car. And sometimes it was the top 10, top 25. They just curated what they thought were the most interesting in the list. And it, it did really well. I mean, there were some other serious questions that were asked that some people in, uh, responded to, but it was that one that sort of went really uh, wide. And so, you know, that's something that anyone can do, regardless of how newsworthy you feel that you are, you can put together an industry survey or study. Now's a really good time for it because a lot of people are kind of uncertain what's the future hold for us over the next six months to a year and uh you can take the industry's temperature and ask people uh you know in your community do are they planning on spending more or less in the future are you know are are you looking for things just to continue or open up more and so that's information that would be very useful right now in your industry so you could get some trade publications perhaps some newspapers and other people who would find uh, a survey in your industry really compelling and so you know the, the second book it's all about strategy and being strategic where the first book was all about writing. I really got the first one wrong. I mean, <laughs> everything that's in the first book is good, solid information to write a well-written press release. But that being said, if you, if you're writing about a personnel change or a product 3.0 version where you're not adding a lot more value to your product, I don't care how well written the press release is, it's probably not going to do very well. But if you were to do something that's a little more strategic, uh, albeit whether it's a survey study or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, jumping on an industry hot topic right now and uh, maybe with a contrarian viewpoint or isolating uh, a certain segment within that that is very specific and you speak to that specific niche, there are ways to escalate the conversation, elevate it, make it very unique and, and stand out. And so what you don't wanna do is just join the flow of uh, when people newsjack is what they call it, when they just ride a really hot topic, you wanna make it, own it, own some slice of it and, and, and if you can do that and make it very useful to that audience, you can do really well. Yeah, that's great. Wait, before we move on, I'm dying to know, what are some of the oddball things that people left in their car? When <laughs> I think a boa constrictor was one. Oh my um, gosh. There was a grandma was left in an urn and they had to retrieve her for the memorial service. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, just little things like that. They're just they're strange little stories, but people delight in these. And yeah. like you yourself asked about it so that. Yeah, yeah I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the nature of, of surveys and asking really strange questions because people want to know the answers to these little strange right. questions. Right. So if you put your creative head on, I feel like I've modified my creative writing background to sort of be open to the non-traditional things and try to tap into some of the stuff that, uh, you know, really sort of interests people. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's just oddball questions that come up that then people 
are interested in and stories that will, you know, be different than normal, than the mainstream stories. I I did used to work in news back in the day and uh, I would edit video or, you know, look at stories and uh, try to find the interesting, you know, sensational things that people would want to hear about or see about, you know, and it's true. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, news tends to, to sensationalize things, but I think that they want to find the curious or interesting stories that are not just your average everyday run of the mill story. So you're right. I think it's definitely something that people want to to listen to and, and it makes your news cast more interesting when you've got things that are <laughs> not the norm. So that's, that's a good uh, strategy for sure. Human interest works really well. I think for similar reasons, uh, when my clients are willing to share their mistakes and their obstacles along the way that they ever came, uh, the media generally responds very well. I had one client had a very embarrassing experience where they had to cancel their Thanksgiving dinner with the extended family and work out of the garage to get packages ready to go out because they had gotten slammed with the orders. And uh, I, I told them to put that story out there and uh, Inc. Magazine picked it up. It was something that any small business owner reading in a magazine would identify with a story like that, where you, early on you get caught off guard either by lack of success or a little too much success all at once. <laughs> and it, it was a really cute story and, and it, it did really well. And I think that at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're humans, anything that you can bring to light that is compelling or interesting uh, or makes you more rooted in, in being a human can do really well. And so I always tell people to own your story. So many small businesses want to appear bigger than they are, more corporate. And sometimes if you break those walls down and you're just, you know, one-to-one and real, uh, you, you'll have a better success um, getting, getting your messaging out there. Right. It's just all about how you can spin it into good news, right? I mean, they always say any publicity is good publicity, but uh, (laughs) it's all about how you uh, interpret it and the angle that you go after it, right? Right. (laughs) So in the future now, because you've, you know, built this database up and uh, people are able to subscribe to your service, uh, share with us how people can utilize your service and what kind of good that they can get from this tool that you have built up. Okay. So um, basically, uh, you know, through e-releases, you're able to get a wide distribution to, uh, you know, over the newswire through Pure Newswire. Uh, They themselves charge over a thousand dollars to move a 500 word press release through us. It's just a few hundred dollars. So it, it, you know, that's where the real value in it lies. That being said, there's a lot of press releases that move. It's hard to stand out, but if, if you do stand out, you can really you know, get a lot of leverage out of it. We had a client last year during the pandemic that got over 150 articles and these were not small publications. They were Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times. They did really well. They were um, dining bond initiative created for a short period to help restaurants that were closed down. Uh, It was basically enabling anybody to go in, nominate their local restaurant, which is likely closed down. And if that local restaurant agreed to, you know, work, that they would get the money initially, uh, almost immediately, and uh, the money would be backed by sort of a, a gift 
bond or something like that that would go back to the to the customer. And it, because it was something positive that anyone could do during a negative time, it really went viral. Um, it did extremely well. And for just one press release distribution, it generated millions of dollars in you know goodwill and revenue. Um, and you know it it just show shows you the leverage that that PR can have if the messaging is just right on and very newsworthy. So um, I always say that for small businesses who have a very finite small amount of sums that they can spend, the more wisely you can spend it and measure it and learn from it, the better. So I always believe in measuring everything you can and, you know, doing a, um, if you're going to do press releases, I always say, um, do it at a time when you can allocate enough resources to do a, a PR campaign of at least six releases and try strategic different angles and see what the media responds to. Sometimes if the media responds to one, you can perhaps replicate it. Uh, I have one customer that does 30 to 40 releases a year. Every one of them is a survey and study. They serve a lot of different markets and industries and segments of an industry. So they take each survey and study and have it relevant for that little niche. And and so if you can, you know, find what works for you, try to replicate it and, uh, and then learn from it. And, but then, you know, continue to incorporate other ideas and things that might work. What are some tools that you would suggest that people use to help measure the releases and the, you know, the things that come out of it? Is there anything specific that you would say you have to have this tool or that tool? No. Um, when it comes to clipping services to monitor your success, unfortunately, a good clipping service is around $1,500 to $2,500 a month. And if you do a press release, you generally want to track that for a few months to see what gets picked up. So you could spend more in three months than I recommend you spend on three years worth of you know, getting releases out there. So rely on the tools that you have. Uh, Google Analytics is a great measure. Um, asking your customers or having a field for your customers, how did you hear about us is another great place uh, to, to figure out. I always do Google web searches and Google news searches and define them by date. So you want to do the day that you issued the release to now. And so that's a really good way to see only web searches that are within that date. And unfortunately, Google News only captures so much news sources. There's additional news sources that get captured by Google Web. So you kind of have to do both, but uh, making it date modifiable, uh, modifiable is really good. And you can replicate a lot uh, of, of, of tracking that uh, is pretty good. Google Alerts, unfortunately, just isn't enough. It's almost like it's just a sampling of, of what's in Google News and it excludes what's in Google Web and it excludes a, what, a lot of what's in Google News as well. So just do that. I say, you know, every four to six weeks, uh, you know, look at a de defined uh, range of dates and see if there's something that new that popped up that was likely the result of the of the press release. Um, at the end of the day, we're not looking for your press release replicated on a bunch of websites, which happens with syndication. Uh, and there are websites that are press release services that that's the only thing they do. They specialize in that. Usually those are the ones that are under $100. The only thing you're going to get is the syndication. You're not going to get in front of the media. You're not going to go over a newswire 
or anything like that. So I, I feel just look at that, look at your sales, see if you can find a correlation. It, it is difficult to measure uh, in the same way that you can't measure with marketing, each campaign, each ad group and things like that. But there are lessons that you can learn and you can determine uh, what resulted in articles. Did those articles move your revenue? Did they increase your leads and, and sort of go from there? Uh, you can also take when you get an article written about you or even just the press release itself and share it with your social media, um, share it with your uh, subscribers, whether they're leads or customers, um, you know, even sharing with uh, vendors and things like that is a great way to communicate and get yourself out there. Uh, even if it's only just the press release, it shows that you have some activity, you're doing something that's meaningful to your business, a milestone that you felt was worth capturing in a press release, and just communicating that with all of these people. People. This just uh, helps to support you uh, as a brand and get your awareness out there. And sometimes um, it, it can it can really help. I've had uh, a customer say that they were uh, declined for an expansion of their credit line. And uh, they then got an article picked up in a major publication. And the, the banker picked up the phone and called them and said, hey, I just saw this article about you. You know what? I think we're going to reconsider and I'm going to send it back to underwriting and just really strongly push them to expand your credit line. And so, you know, it's, it's one of these things that when you get out there and you own your messaging and you're getting it out there, you're getting people reporting about you and writing articles about you, it's almost like an implied endorsement. And it really sends a strong signal that uh, you're, a, you're a legitimate business, um, that you're doing something that's uh, you know groundbreaking or interesting or meaningful. And as a result, I think people around you and around that circle that are exposed to it are much more likely to feel favorably about you. Oh, I think that's great advice for sure. Uh, what other kinds of advice would you give to somebody that's never done a press release before that, you know, wants to to start doing something like that within their marketing strategy? Uh, what, what are some maybe top things that you recommend that they do or that they consider or they think about or, you know, headlines or paragraphs or structure or anything that comes to mind? What does somebody new that's going to write a press release for the first time? What do they need to know? I think that they need to know what is strategically important for a press release. What could it be about? Um, I have a free masterclass that I put together for my customers. It's less than an hour. I would recommend anybody start there, watch it. If you don't have a brainstorm of ideas after watching that, then probably PR is not good for you, or <laughs> you're not the right person to be uh, generating ideas for your uh your, your company when it comes to press releases. Um, it's at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, it's less than an hour. It really breaks down stuff like the survey method that I talked about, uh, you know, being contrarian, all of these different elements and aspects in which you can sort of, I want to say spotlight yourself in a way that is a little more newsworthy than an average milestone release. I don't like to see the press releases where there's a new director of HR or a new vice president of marketing. They generally don't do much outside of maybe a local newspaper business publication and maybe a trade publication. In those cases, I would just take that messaging and send to three people. It's three people, you, you know, find out who at the trade association does personnel, 
and send it to them. Just get their email address. You can ask for it. It's not, you know, a secret or anything like that. And start controlling some of your own messaging. Local media is the easiest to get. And it's the easiest to get yourself. Um, so just, you know, ask for someone's email address, do the research and figure out who it is that would probably write about you or your industry and just ask for their email address. And then just introduce yourself and what it is that you would like to announce that you feel is meaningful. It does not even have to be a press release. Um, it could just be the genesis of an idea or a story that you feel would be really good. And it's also the reason that so many of the same companies are often in your local newspaper. They're the ones that are actively reaching out to a journalist three or four times a year, keeping their uh, company name uh, top of mind so that people are more likely to think about you when they're doing an article and they're looking to plug in a local business, they're, they're more likely to say, oh, I, I, I should go with this company. Uh, they reach out to me all the time and I know them. They're just easy to plug in there. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on uh, HARO, help a reporter out? Do you use that or have you recommended that before or is that something I, that's helpful? I have recommended it before. It's not helpful at all anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's one story and one person gets picked. But, you know, now it's not uncommon to hear three to 500 people competing for that one story. And one thing to keep in mind is to do a listing and help a reporter out, the journalist has to do a lot of work. They have to structure very well what they're looking for, who they're trying to reach. And, and, and it's almost like an application. Most, I'd say 95% of all stories well, no one's going to go through the effort of creating a, a Harrow listing for. So you're only trying to go after 5% or less of the stories that are out there. And there's so much competition these days. Of, of So many people subscribe to it. So many people are sending the stuff. It's just too competitive. Uh, if you can get a messaging out there about you and why you're newsworthy, you're competing against one person, that's just yourself. And so that's where your odds of getting picked up are greater, especially if you built something strategically and you built it with the idea that I recognize the journalist as a gatekeeper. His or her job is to define what gets through to their audience. And if you can you know, craft a message with that in mind and say, I could craft this in a way that I appear best and it self-serves me the best. But the likelihood a journalist is going to respond to that is low. So what could I write in a way that would be very informative and compelling and interesting so the journalist would say, this is kind of cool. I want to share it with my audience. At the end of the day, journalists act as curators and they're deciding what gets picked up and what's meaningful. And so if you can sort of craft your messaging with that in mind, you, 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 you have a very strong likelihood of getting picked up. Um, I, I love the idea of help a reporter out. I still know a couple of people use it and have had good results. One has been picked up in the last year and a half, three times, but he told me that he's probably submitting 12 to 15 uh, of, of these articles a month. And so he did say it's a lot of effort. And I, I suggested that, hey, why don't you try some of my ideas like the survey and study and things like that? And uh, he hasn't yet, but he, he did say that it's getting a little exhausting chasing so many of the stories and not getting picked up. Yeah, no, that definitely seems to be the case. And usually what happens is that they want, you know, response within 24 hours because they're going to turn their story around within a short time frame. And so, yeah, it can be a lot to do with no, no guarantee that you're going to get picked up for sure. 
And I, I was thinking, you know, when I was working in news, it seems like the reporters are, are you know, people to, to, you know, journalists that you want to pitch a story to. But really, it ultimately comes down to the assignment editor, right? I mean, the people that are going to assign what they actually end up reporting on. So those are the people that you want to really, really develop the rapport with, correct? Well, I say develop a rapport with as many people as you can. So much of the media is collaborative and so much I think is happening now in little fractured pieces because so so many people are doing so many different things. So I think any way that you can sort of stand out or develop a relationship with, with as many people as possible, assignment editor, the actual writer themselves, be, try to be a resource and try to, to say, how can I provide value to them so that they can in turn, you know, reciprocate to me? Because it, people do that. It's very human that if you give a great story idea to, say, your local newspaper person, which is an idea that I always say for local media, that uh, try to contact them quarterly. And if you don't have something to push for you, maybe you have an idea that's something that's hot in your industry that you recognize and just pitch that idea to them. If you give them a hot idea, they're gonna keep you in mind in the future because they'll feel like they kind of owed you one. And so next time you have a story which is focused on you, maybe they'll be a little bit more receptive as a result of that. At the end of the day, we're, we're all people. We all want people to like us and to be liked. And if, if you can come across as genuine and helpful and collaborative with a collaborative spirit of how can this be a win-win for everyone involved, I think you're going to get a lot more um, results as, 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 as by, by trying that. I love that very much. Uh, so I also teach at Boise State and I have students who listen to our podcast. So I always love to ask this question. What advice would you give to students wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? <laughs> well, I don't know if I in any good conscience could recommend anyone uh, get a degree in writing with an emphasis in poetry. But that <laughs> being said, I would say anything that you can do to expose yourself to communication skills, um, I think that people, English majors do very well with PR and public relations because, you know, uh, if you can write uh, an article or an essay from lots of different approaches, you can easily spin something and try to think on your feet. Because a lot of times when you are a PR professional and you are actually pitching ideas to a journalist, if you get them on the phone and they just shut you down and say, I'm not really doing stuff that is on that topic anymore. I'm more leaning towards X, Y, and Z. If you can say, oh, I didn't know that because we serve X, Y, and Z very well. And, you know, here's an anecdote of a customer in that space. If, if you can, you know, think on your feet and communicate an argument and roll with it, you're going to do very well. I think that anything that involves good uh, writing analytical skills is going to help better prepare you. I also think the types of jobs that you have, because a lot of people have crappy jobs that you just have to work, whether it's summers or uh, for extra pay or something like that. Anything that's customer facing and you're focusing on customer service skills is going to serve you better. If you can relate better to people and humans, you're, you're going to do better with, with PR and in communications. It's unfortunate because like, my children 
And with social media, they're a little antisocial. And it, you know, small talk is lost on them. It's not something that they just do. And I feel like that's a skill set that, you know, you're going to have to work on and develop over the years because small talk and being able to just communicate with people is something that if you do well, uh, you're going to have uh, more relationships, more networking opportunities, and be able to take advantage of more things. I think uh, there's a correlation between uh, the word rapport and report, right? <laughs> You're right. You need to build that rapport in order to be able to have those relationships to make uh, the news want to come to you, to, to have journalists want to, to work with you. And soft skills are definitely something that uh, continuing to develop and social media has been taking that away. I kind of agree with, with you there. So along the same lines, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? I think how daily intensive it can be. In the beginning, there were, you, you can't just take a couple of weeks off and say, oh, I'm not gonna be available for two weeks so my clients can issue press releases during that time. You kind of have to be able to accept releases all the time. And you, know, you can work around major holidays and things like that. But uh, if I was crafting a business from scratch, I think I would craft it in a way that you didn't have to be on all the time. There are people that come to our website after hours, we're, we're available from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time, but there are people after hours who just feel like someone should be there and they should be able to talk and communicate with people. And so that demand from, from the, the you know potential customers is one of those things that is very strong and I, I feel it and uh, I, I, I wished I'd didn't. Yeah. News is definitely 24 hours a day. There's not, I mean, Christmas holidays, all of the things that's when I was working in news. It's like, you know, this, the news still goes on on Easter and, and New Year's Eve. I mean, you're still there and there's still something that's going to, you know, could be breaking news or something that comes down. So I completely understand that. Uh, okay. So share um, your website, uh, how people can reach you and uh, get this information that you've shared with them today. Sure. So uh, my website's ereleases.com. All our social media is on the lower right. Um, the LinkedIn is the best way to reach me personally. I, I do actually read that. I don't understand some of the other things like the, the other types of social media very well. Um, but uh, you can also call or chat on the website. Uh, we have uh, live editors, no salespeople, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, I also have a free masterclass that I set up originally for customers, but now I'm making it available to other people. Less than an hour teaches you all the strategies of the types of press releases that do get media pickup. And it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, I, I would advise anyone who's just even considering press releases to watch that video less than an hour. And if you don't come away with like half a dozen great ideas for a press release, then you can feel free to move on and, and pursue something else. But I think it's going to get a lot of people thinking and they'll probably have 10 to 20 ideas of releases they could be working on that would be meaningful and stand a better than average chance of getting media pickup. And you mentioned to submit press releases to your site, the, the cost, the monthly cost, what was that? Well, it's not a monthly cost. It's a per press release cost. We're okay. not really trying to tie anyone in to a, a long-term commitment or anything like that. Um, we do have package pricing, but uh, there's a new customer special in the footer of the website that you can click on and learn. Uh, you can get a, you know, a release out for, you know, as little as $269. That's great. 
Excellent. Very affordable, very cost effective to get it out there and, and to tap into the database and relationships that you've built over the years. Well, thank you, Mickey. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, any last uh, any last thoughts that I didn't cover that you'd like to cover? I would just say that, you know, PR represents one of those small little things that you can do that you can get a lot of leverage and a lot of mileage out of. And, you know, there are so many companies that I've helped get media attention that they themselves don't feel important. They don't feel that they stand out. And I would say if you're willing to put yourself in the spotlight and present yourself in the most forward facing way uh, with your, you know, your best foot forward, you can be strategic and you can really come up with some compelling uh, content that gets you media attention. Uh, it's also a good exercise to, to sit there and say, well, maybe I'm not unique enough and maybe i need to refine what my usp unique selling proposition is so that i am more meaningful and i am more distinct in the marketplace i think that approaching this and going through an audit of your business will help make you a better business at the end of the day whether you do pr or not all right well thank you so much and for those of you listening the best thing you could ever do for us is to give us a review and share with others this great content that mickey shared with us today And uh, thank you so much, Mickey. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.